Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm thrilled to be talking about the series Extended Family. We are joined today by showrunner Mike O'Malley and actor John Cryer. And Mike, starting with you, I mean, the, the show has real life inspirations, including the actual owner of the, the Boston Celtics. Yes. And I love that they had this initial idea that there could be a story there. And they wrote, I think, like a 27 page treatment right. of their idea and concept before bringing that to you. Yeah. And I was interested in once you started kind of sitting down with them and really developing the series, what that process was of really figuring out how you were going to turn this into episodic. Well, one of the things that, uh, you know, they wanted to do is they thought, you know, we, we've had all this trauma in our own lives. We should turn it into comedy. That's not necessarily easy now, is it? Uh, but they were, they, they thought that one of the things that was very unique about their situation was that they wanted to look at how to make a divorce less disruptive for their kids' lives. And so basically the premise being that uh, rather than the kids having to go every week to a new place, pack up their backpack and their carry-on luggage and move across town or whatever, um, that they would be the ones who stayed in one place. And the parents would have the disruption of having to come into the so-called nest uh, each week. And I think that one of the things that changed as we talked about this is that you know, when when two people get divorced, they're very happy to be getting divorced. You you know, they, they've agreed that they should get divorced and that even though the kids uh, and and Wick and uh, Grousebeck and, and George Gere and Amelia Fazolari, who this show is inspired by their lives, what they would often do is, you know, talk about how oh, the kids love it. It's great. And as we were talking about the development of it in terms of a TV show. Uh, there has to be an adjustment where the kids say, well, wait a minute, my lives are being completely changed. I'm, you know, now mom's gone for a week. Now dad's gone for a week. I love mom and dad. I want them to be around all the time. What's the problem? So I, I think that one of the things that happens in divorce that, that I've witnessed, not only through talking to them, but, you know, with friends and family is that it's great for the people who want to get away from each other. It's not great for the people who still want to see the people that are in their lives. And it's hard for parents to be away from their kids because they're missing stuff, whether they're being updated in or, or not. So I think that was the biggest thing in the adjustment as we got into the series was not trying to just gloss over the idea that this was an adjustment for everybody. Absolutely. And and John, obviously you come to the table with such extensive experience within the sitcom and the comedy world, but I always find it so interesting the way that every single show and every single character has kind of their own very specific style of comedy that it requires from you and your performance. And so I was really interested in how you find how you found what was necessary for playing Jim and for working on this series. Uh, what I loved about Jim from when I first read the pilot was that he uh, that he was very comfortable with his flaws, uh, which my old character that I did uh, Two and a Half Men for 12 years was not. You know, he was a guy who was very thwarted in his life. And, you know, Alan was a guy who just, who, who never succeeded the way that he wanted. And Jim, you know, is a lot more willing to, you know, make mistakes in front of his kids. He's a lot more willing to, to just live his life out loud than, than, uh, than Alan was. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, that, that, but interestingly, actually, when Mike first approached me, he wanted me to play the character that's now Trey, uh, the <laughs> owner of the Boston Celtics. Um, but by, by the way, who did you think of, who did you think was going to play Jim if I did play Trey? 
<laughs> oh, it all comes together now. Now I, mean, I you know, understand. No, I mean, you know, I, I think, <laughs> you know, look, if Vince Vaughn wanted to do a a, a multicam, like he's mm -hmm. that guy. You know, one of the things that John does so very well is that he's able to play these different types of people. And there was something that we found in the writing of it as we've gone through these 13 episodes is that there's something to his, you know, surety, his confidence, this idea that, you know, he's... Sorry, I'm hitting my do not disturb. I should have done that. Do not disturb for the entire evening. Um, <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, there's something about his confidence. Like he he just, it's very funny to be dealing with the guy who's like, yeah, I have no problem that you don't like what I just said. I know that I'm right. And there's a certainty and a surety to, to the way John is playing this that we found is a real strength in the show. Now, of course, what makes that funny then is, when he is so certain of this, but he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's been really fun. And actually, when you, when, when I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask some questions now, Mara, I hope that's okay Perfect. with you. Love it. Uh, <laughs> um, so Mike, when, when you first read uh, the treatment that, that George and uh, Wick and Amelia, uh, and, and I guess Tom brought it to you, Tom Werner, who is, uh, who is also the owner of a sports team, or he's the owner of several sports teams. Right. Um, so that's where his empathy started this is we're going to make a show for the owners of sports teams <laughs> that's going to be our demo right. um when when they approached you uh uh what was the kernel what was the thing that made you go oh uh, you know i can make a really fun screwball comedy out of this it was really it was really the you know the idea that that these people are trying to get along the mm -hmm. the you know it's interesting because my mother-in-law said after she watched the show she's like i've never even heard of anything like this Meaning she'd never heard of anything like divorced people trying to get along, to actually be <laughs> friends, to actually <laughs> like one another, to actually being. And, and of course, there are people who do it. But, you know, mo most most divorce, it comes out of a place of uh, antagonism and um, and people wanting to get away from one another. And that does end up, I think, injuring the children because they have to carry this emotional uh, cost where their parents are unhappy because the person that they love, their mother, their father, is making the other person that they love unhappy. And there's all variations on that. And so I think that I just really admired this idea that here were three people trying to do something better for mostly for the kids. Now, ultimately, they find out that it's better for them to not have an antagonistic relationship with their ex. It's better for them that they get along with you know the new boyfriend or the fiance of of their you know it, all of that is better because it, having you know discord and having you know antagonism who wants to deal with that and it's it's not a thriving environment for children and i think everyone out there who certainly is an adult understands this is another thing i really liked about you know this this premise is that you know all of us and as adults, we're responsible for our choices. But I think some many of our bad choices come from some unresolved thing that happened in our youth that 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 makes us a little, you know, that we're not even figuring out why we're doing what it is that we're doing. And so for parents to give their children this incredible amount of ballast so that they can, you know, navigate, uh, you know, all their way through the world, that's what you want. And uh, I think that, you know, I've been quite lucky with my parents. They're, you know, very, very solid people who I didn't have to really ever think about 
um, because of what was going on with them, how they felt about me, how they felt about one another. And life is complicated enough. I think that's what these folks are doing. They're, they're, they realize they shouldn't be married anymore, that that's not a good match. But getting along is better than not. Now, of course, having that as an idea of what they want to do and then doing it, two different things. And that's why hopefully we'll have 248 episodes. <laughs> And I mean, I mean, off the back of that, and that, that was a great question, by the way, John. Um, I, it's so interesting to kind of also watch the show explore just the uncertainties of parenting, because every single time you're parenting a kid, you're doing something and learning something and figuring it out for them in real time for the first time. And particularly with Jim, there's such a difference between what does it look like when he's alone with the kids? What does it look like when it's him and Julia? And then what does it look like when it's him, Julia and Trey together trying to come up with a solution for them? Um, and so how did the two of you set about finding what do each of those three different spaces of parenting look like for him? Uh, well, the first week of the writer's room, uh, Mike just uh, uh, put on a, a whiteboard. He was like, what do, what do we fight about? What do what do parents uh, fight about? Uh, uh, and we just reeled off a hundred things that parents fight about. Uh, and and it gave us, uh, uh, you know, immediately it's like, OK, well, how do our, how are our characters going to fight about those things? You know, how are we you know, and it and it, uh, uh, it, it, it you know, we weren't. Um, he wasn't looking for what was funny right away. He was looking for what the real root of these things are. Uh, and he said, the funny will come out of that, you know. Um, uh, but, you know, so we, uh, you know, and, and we're still, by the way, getting to know these characters. You know, once, uh, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the original version of Trey, um, that character was kind of, uh, he was he was a billionaire, but he was also kind of awkward and shy and not real, uh, uh, didn't know how to handle uh, interpersonal stuff. And but once we cast Donald, we're like, well, OK, he's not that guy. That's not what's going to be funny about Donald Faison. Donald Faison's going to we're going to take Trey in another direction. And what happens is over the course of the, the, the production, you start to see what the actors bring to it. And suddenly you go, oh, OK, that's something that we can bring in. And the writers have been incredible about incorporating stuff with that. I love that. And how about for you, Mike? Well, I think, uh, you know, John's correct. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time just really just trying to think about if if we're at home look this is something that often happens in domestic comedies people think about you know i mean phil rosenthal when he was doing everybody loves raymond you know famously said like i want you guys to go home and get in fights with your you know spouses so we can have stories to write about and uh we don't necessarily you know say that but clearly it worked for them maybe we should say <laughs> um we should be so lucky to be uh, mentioned even in the same, um, you know, breath yeah. as, as those guys. But but I think that that's I think that when you're able to be very honest about the difficulties of parenting, you know, a lot of times people don't want to share what's going on because they want to show that they're really kind of pulling it together. Whereas uh, we wanted to just talk about what are the things that really cause struggle and and that you argue about with your kids and that you can't handle that when they leave the room, you shut the door and you say, wait a minute, what the heck is this? The thing that I find so interesting about being a parent is that different from when I was growing up, I didn't really, you know, nowadays kids really have a say in everything and in a good way. You know, kids don't become human beings at 18 
they're human beings the whole time. So if you actually ask, you know, like, you know, it's something else. Like if, if, um, you know, somebody, I want to say, if somebody was murdered at seven, they don't get less of a sentence than if they're murdered at, you know, like 50. It's literally like you're a human being with something to say, with something to do. And you, and when parents have rules about, Using the internet, using your phone, when you should, you know, when you can date, when you should wear makeup, whatever it is. When, if you ask kids their opinion, sometimes what they'll say to you is whatever your reasoning is, is that that doesn't make any sense. I disagree. And <laughs> I think that if you're, you know, so much about parenting now is just about really wanting to have this thriving relationship with your kids. That doesn't necessarily make it easy. It makes it that you're now having a discussion about everything. I was talking to my son the other day about something and I was just like warning him about something. And he's just like, yeah, but it could also be this. I'm like, yeah, but this conversation is about the warning. It's not about when it goes <laughs> well. We don't need to talk about it if it goes well. This is the warning. And he was like, all right, well, listen, do you want to have a conversation about it? Or, or you know, and I was like, okay, I guess we're having a, I was just trying to get the warning in before he went out the door. Hey, watch out. This might happen, you know. I love that. You know, and, and John, you were mentioning before, obviously, the journey of learning your characters, but there's also at the beginning of coming into a new series, really learning and figuring out the tone and the voice of the show as well. And this is a show that, yes, it has a lot of comedy to it, but it also has so much intimate heart, you know, when you suddenly are able to have the intimacy of you and your daughter having a real heart to heart conversation and her telling her your character that she loves him after he gives her some really thoughtful advice. Um, and so how did you set about just figuring out what's the right tone? Because it is that amalgamation of those two spaces living together. Um, you know, interestingly, at that particular moment, uh, I was only thinking about trying to remember the enormous <laughs> amount of lines that I had at that moment. Um, the nice thing about that is it sharpens your mind beautifully. Uh, <laughs> and you, because uh, you're panic. It's just all, utter <laughs> panic. Um, and uh, so I, so, but, but the nice thing about that is you can just sort of let the scene happen because you're worried about something else, you know? Um, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, it's mostly in the writing, really. The, the writers have done a wonderful job of, uh, uh, of every time, um, uh, every week trying to find, you know, where, what is the emotional connection that is that is being made here, and part of that, interestingly, is that the, both the network and the studio have also reminded us. You know, it's not just about making everybody laugh. You know, we, there, there's an emotional core to this, um, and you know, it, it's it's always fun to 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 shit on the network and the studio because um, they get a lot of notes, and you know, not a lot of time they they are they are the enemy of funny. Um, but every now and then they're right, you know, and uh, and you sort of treat them like. Uh, treat them like a, another audience, you know, another, you know, these are, are people looking at the art and taking it in a certain way. And this is how, how they felt, you know? Uh, and so in many ways, they're very helpful. That's so yeah, great. I agree with that. I, I think that, you know, the, you know, our partners in NBC and Lionsgate, they really care about this show. They love TV. They want TV to be great. And they are trying to, as John said, they are our first audience. And so when they watch, uh, when they read a draft or they watch a cut of something that we want to pass in, it's, it's, they're thinking about how, if I'm just a, a person who loves watching television, how will I react, you know, to this, you know, John is, we do give, look, the mistake of any actor who says they want to do a, uh, a sitcom because it's kind of like a play, 
um, you know, <laughs> us writers here, well, they love to do words. I mean, plays are just, it's not about action. It's just about words. Uh, the, the problem <laughs> is when you do a play, you have eight weeks of rehearsal and then you try it out out of town and then you do it. Whereas this is like, oh no, here's 10 new pages. We wait <laughs> you at 4 a.m. <laughs> and so good luck. Good luck. <laughs> have fun. But but I but I want to I want to go back to what John was talking about earlier because again, I think that the scene that you're mentioning. It goes to John's strength as an actor and as a performer and his uh, this sincerity. He's able to combine that sincerity with that comedy, uh, which is self-deprecating, but really, really honest, which is what I love about Jim. He's giving advice to his daughter, but he's not going to candy coat what that is. He's not going to pretend to be someone else. He's going to come right out and say, look, you shouldn't do this. Why? Because Deep down, all of us are terrible human beings. I mean, when Welcome have you to the world. This? Terrible human beings, full of terrible human beings. Full of terrible <laughs> impulses. That's, that's why we need Bibles and, 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 and homes and self-help because we're constantly self-injuring. And so, um, you know, knowing that we had that arrow in our quiver, that we could also get to, you know, have that sincerity is really, really important to me because I think that's what I yearn for when I'm watching television is, you know, relationships that I can relate to, not in everything, but in a family, you know, show uh, where I'm, I'm rooting for them. I want them to really be able to connect. Definitely. And, and John as well. I mean, you're, you're playing a character who's very much overthinking and overanalyzing everything a lot. And so it feels like his brain's always moving at a hundred miles a minute. Um, and sometimes he'll say the thing out loud, like you were saying that he maybe shouldn't have because of that. And so I was also interested in just how you found the pacing and the rhythm of a character and kind of how to create that expression of someone who's constantly internally overanalyzing things, because we're not necessarily seeing that thought process, but we feel it in the way that you're playing it. Um, that's the beauty of the writing. Uh, honestly, the first time I read it, I said, this thing has to be like a freight train. And it's because Mike has a ha has a wonderful gift with language and he writes very circuitously and uh, and interestingly for actors. And because uh, he's been an actor. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, it was it was Vince Vaughn. <laughs> but no, it was, it, you know, every now and then you read something and you go, oh, th this this thing knows how it wants to be. Um, so it really, I'd love to to take credit that I found it. You know, I I did I you know, uh, it was it was it was on the page uh, uh, before I I found it. But this I, I found it very easily because they handed me the pages. <laughs> Sorry, that's the thing. He's so good that we keep handling more. I want to go back to your thought, your question there, Mara. Is that what I think about Jim, and I think about in the way that John is playing, and we are writing towards this. And this is what I mean when I talked about this sort of confidence and the surety of what he's saying. Where this character has evolved, I think it's, you know, it started a little bit, but where we're going to is that he's a very intentional person. He's a very deliberate person. And he even says in this episode, I've been thinking this, there's sort of a clue to this, this is a little stepping stone, um, is he says, I've been thinking about this thing that I'm about to say a lot, probably ever since I was your age. He is a thinker. He thinks about things. And so he's deliberate. And so what they're, you know, and some of the challenges that the that the relationship has had and what I think the show is about, it's one thing to say, we're going to have a thriving divorce. 
We know that we should both be getting divorced. We've come to these agreements. Well, now we're adding another element, a person who's in love with you, who I don't know. And I have, I, there's really no other need for me to, you know, for Jim to get along with Trey, other than it makes Julia happy. It's happy to have, you know, it's good for Trey to have a happy fiance and it's good for Jim to have a happy ex-wife. And so I think of this character as somebody who is, he is not obsessing. He's not, you know, perseverating over things. He believes that being a good parent and being a good friend and being a good person is to really lead an intentional life where you really think about these things. And when you meet someone like that, who, and you haven't done that, that creates conflict. And I mean, speaking, speaking of conflict as well, it's actually really lovely to watch a show where when there is that element of conflict and resolution, which you need for storytelling, that it's not coming from characters trying to underhand each other. You know, it could be very simple to have Trey and to have Jim kind of really trying to undermine each other and kind of get one up on the other. But that's never the case because you've actually built a really lovely friendship between them. And so for both of you, I was just interested in kind of finding a lot of the conflict and resolution and the antagonistic elements in the external situations instead of it being about the characters butting heads with each other john yeah we, ha we have a really fun episode coming up where uh 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 a lot of the issues that had that that drove apart my marriage with jim's marriage with julia um uh she that julia wrote them down uh and trey finds them and now knows he, he's got the cheat codes he can he knows everything that that is going to you know that 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 is going to trigger her and you know it becomes you know he's not he's not trying to make jim look bad he's he's just trying to love the woman to make her you know to to you know uh uh, uh you know he's just trying to be the very best husband he can be you know through understanding what his wife was missing in the in the first relationship um and uh and that's lovely you know that's that's uh you know but of course we end up at loggerheads over it but but it's you know uh um you know it comes from a good place and that's what we're trying to emphasize yeah i think that's a excellent question because it was a struggle for us you're you're at first we didn't really i didn't really understand it to the degree that i do now that antagonistic you know it's one thing to be have an antagonism at at work uh somebody that you're uh, rivals with in a in a workplace comedy or somebody that you just have to tolerate uh you know because of a work situation this is a family the goal of which is to all get along and i think that finding ways for this group to be tackling whatever the issue is out in the world them solving it together the six of them, the six characters that we have on this show that are that are recurring and regular characters, I think it works better in that way. Um, that doesn't mean that people don't get frustrated with trying to sincerely help the person that is aggravating the hell out of them. But uh, it's, you know, it, I do think that ultimately this show is not about how are they going to get along? You know, they're a family. It's kind of like they have to get along. Um, that's what that that's where we're watching how they do, but it becomes about the issues of, you know, how do they take on the world? And ultimately, Abigail and, and John and Donald have done a great job in this. And we get to the end of the season where we really feel as if this friendship between Jim and Trey would exist. Even if Julia wasn't there. Definitely. And 
And lastly, for you, John, I mean, I believe that this is your first sitcom since doing Two and a Half Men. Um, and it's such a gift when you get to play a character for so long and you kind of become fully entrenched in who they are and how they're going to respond to new situations. And so what was that experience of kind of stepping into a new character and stepping into a new show for you and just kind of the places where you had to kind of refine your footing a little bit? Um, I, that, that happens on a, on a daily basis on the show. I'm trying to think, who is this guy? You know, uh, and and so, uh, you know, that it, the, the new scripts every week always reveal some new aspect of him. Uh, we've got a great episode coming up where uh, uh, Jim through Jim's a history nerd and he finds it an interesting way in to to end up very briefly employed by the by the Boston Celtics. Um, and he just goes to town on it. Uh, and, uh, and I, and I, I just love that we've discovered that this guy is a, you know, he's a history nerd, he, you know, and, and he, and he, but he cares about it deeply and fiercely and he makes other people care about it. Um, and, uh, you know, and he's competitive with Trey about it because Trey is this kind of genius guy who went to MIT and knows a hell of a lot as well. So, so you know, there's there's a, 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 a you know competition and antagonism between them about it. But it's like you know the the uh, one of the great gifts of doing a long a, a sitcom that lasts for any length of time is you get new facets of of the character. Um, uh, and uh, and like you know, if you get like two and a half men lengths of time, like twelve seasons, you get crazy new facets. Like, uh, like Alan turned out, he was like uh, erotically into pregnant women. Uh, <laughs> at one point, he decides maybe I'm gay, and he he experiments. He, I mean, we had crazy like, well, okay, you know, uh, um, he had multiple personalities one episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, so you get you know that, that what is what is nice about uh, about the medium is that you get that, that they're looking for new things to find out about you. Absolutely. Well, it's been so lovely to hear all of this from both of you about your experience in making the show and collaborating together. So thank you so much and congratulations on a wonderful series. Oh, thank you, Mara. Thanks, Mara. And thanks for talking about our show and uh, letting people know about it.